We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. And welcome back, everybody. Hour number two, Sports Daily on KFH. We're glad to welcome in Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, to go back over the Seattle game and look ahead down the stretch. Dan, let's start with Seattle. We wanted to see the defense flex. We wanted to see the offense take care of the football. We got both of those things. Kansas City positioning itself nicely, hoping for a Cincinnati win this weekend, and the door's wide open then as they get a pretty soft remaining schedule. Yeah, it was, a, I thought, a very convincing win to, uh, against a good team. I mean, uh, it's odd that they can win convincingly against a good team and struggle mightily with the Houston Texans and the Denver Broncos. I, I think the Houston Texans are probably a better team than what we think they are. And I'm, not, I'm pretty sure the Broncos are not. So, are not the uh, uh, the Broncos, but the uh, uh, who was it that we played right before? It was the Broncos, yeah. So, Broncos, um, yeah. yeah. So, it, it's going to be an interesting weekend. I, I'm always a little nervous when a head coach gets fired, players tend to want to make a point that it wasn't the, the players, that it was the coach that got fired. And, and so I remember in, I think it was 2011 with us, when they fired Todd Haley, the players rallied behind Romeo Cornell and they ended up beating an undefeated uh, Green Bay team that came into Arrowhead and played. And so it always concerns me a little bit. You know, if you get enough motivation behind a player in the National Football League, that seems to make a difference. So we'll see what happens this weekend. I just don't think the Broncos are good enough to beat the Chiefs. I don't think the Broncos are good enough to beat any good team. So uh, we'll see what happens. Dan, going back to Saturday's game against Seattle, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, there have been tons of conversations about uh, this defense and some of the issues that they've had uh, throughout this season. I thought one of the things that was probably most uh, impressive to me was the fact that they were only, at times, they were only 
rushing four, maybe five guys, dropping back in coverage and still getting pressure on the quarterback. Talk a little bit about what you saw defensively from this team uh, and what you think about their defensive efforts moving forward. Yeah, I thought the the defensive outing in general, the plan was good. The performance was good. A lot of big plays from those rookies, man. I mean, I think they had three fourth down huge plays. And I, I really felt like it all started with the defensive line. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they were just getting penetration. And as you mentioned, they weren't having to bring a guy down to, you know, overwhelm the line. They were actually able to get penetration with the with the front four and, and whenever you can do that, or even if you can't get to the quarterback, if you can pressure him and you can force him out of his rhythm, it makes such a difference. And I just thought it, they did an outstanding job uh, uh, last Saturday. And then, you know, when they had to perform the, the secondary did, I mean, I, I, I felt like, you know, Legereus Sneed, uh on DK Metcalf, man. I mean, you just, that guy, I'm telling you, even from, 13 and a half stories up and 50 yards off the field where I sit, he's ripped. <laughs> I mean, this guy's built. And uh, I just thought Snead did a great job. I think all, all the secondary did a great job of defending. You can't, you're never going to shut those guys down 100%. But when you can keep them from making, you know, big plays in every quarter of the game, I think that's an outstanding performance. It goes to show that these, the speed of these young guys is worthy. Uh, when they combine that, when they get the experience uh, that, you know, comes from not being a rookie in the league and they have that speed, this is going to be a championship caliber defense if it's not already. Well, that's and I guess that becomes the question. If they can take care of the ball, which they did for a game against Seattle, if that continues and we stack their defense up against Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh probably the chargers at this point, uh, where are they stacking up? And is there a, like, what's the, you know, the greater balance? Is their offense good enough to make up the difference between their defense and those defenses or, or how do you sort of see that stacking up? Because I don't think anybody would put their defense ahead of Buffalo's, probably not Cincinnati's. I don't know where they rank in. I think their offense is ahead of those teams. Maybe, maybe not Cincinnati. I don't know. How do you, how do you stack them up? on both units against the other real Super Bowl contenders? Well, I, I think that's part of the way the the reality that they live in now, and you heard Mahomes talk about it a little bit after the game, is, hey, they, you know, he was congratulated for taking care of the ball, and he said, hey, when the defense is playing like that, I don't have to go out and, and risk the ball. It's my job to to take care of it. I don't have to make plays. They're making the plays. And, and I think that works for about 29 of the other teams in the league, the, the two teams they're going to struggle with where the defense isn't going to be able to shut down an offense. It, it's the two teams you mentioned, the bills and the Bengals. And they're a lot like us where you can apply pressure and you can, you know, I haven't seen, there's probably a handful of games, maybe three or four games since Mahomes took over as starter where I've seen the chiefs offense look completely inept. Unfortunately, one of those was super bowl 55, uh, but they're just, it's very difficult to shut down the chiefs offense completely. Uh, you might hold them to 21. Uh, you might hold them to a few field goals, but they're going to score 20 points or more. And so I think the bills and the Bengals are the same kind of environment. So when it comes to playing the bills and the Bengals, you've got to not only have your, 
your defense play at as best they can, but you are going to have to take risks offensively to beat those kinds of teams. And they're going to do the same thing against the Kansas City Chiefs. Outside of those two teams, it really does become a, a, a situation where, you know, if the defense can can play the way they played against the, the Seahawks, they can do an awful lot to keep these games, to keep an opponent under 17 points, and the Chiefs are easily going to outscore 17 points. So I feel like it's it's kind of a it's kind of two different pages out of the playbook there, where you're playing 29 of the other teams. Look, we don't face we don't face the NFC enough for me to really to make you know because there's some there's some legit contenders there too. The 49ers are pouring it on. The Vikings look like they're strong. Uh, so I, I don't mean to make it sound quite as is. Uh, you know, lopsided as that, but I, I definitely think for us, the trick is going to be getting through the, the playoffs and, and that becomes a Bengals bills kind of watch. I think we could beat the Miami dolphins, uh, especially if Tua is not back in the lineup, he's back in the concussion protocol. So if, if he struggles with injuries or whatever it is coming into the playoffs, they're going to need Tua for sure to make it through the playoffs. I, I think the chargers are, are, you know, if the chiefs were to fall at the Bengals, if the Chiefs were to stumble here and the Bengals were to win out and somehow they flip the script and make it them the number two seed and us the number three seed and we have to play the Chargers in game one, that's the one that scares me the most, to be honest with you. I just feel like the Chargers can, if they put together a good game, they're as good as the Bengals and the Bills. Uh, they just struggle with doing that week after week and they're just their injuries are, are decimating. It seems like for the chargers, that's always a, something for them to overcome. But uh, the defense, I think, you know, is, is got to play this level. They've got to keep even those teams, even the good teams, even the explosive offenses, they have to keep those teams under 30, under maybe 24 for the chiefs to really have a chance for, for, you know, a, a deep postseason run. Dan, I know that one of the big issues that we've talked about on this show uh, before has been the 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 struggle that Kansas City's defense has had in getting off the field on third and fourth down. Uh, there were multiple times against Seattle where they were able to shut down the Seahawks offense, get off the field. It didn't seem like that was as big of an issue as we've seen in weeks past. How what's the important thing game plan wise for Kansas City to continue that they they really struggled against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and the Broncos were able to extend drives, uh, especially in that second half when they stormed back. So what, what's the recipe for success there defensively to get off the field on third and fourth down? Well, I mentioned uh, to Coach Reed after the game specifically about the third down because I thought their third down performance uh, was, was outstanding, and it's something that the Chiefs defense has been struggling with. It seems like they do a great job of shutting the team down, you know, holding them to two yards on first down, three yards on second down, and then they give them 15 yards on, on third down every time. And so I felt like, you know, against the Seahawks last Saturday, they did an outstanding job. I think they were three of 12 or 13, something like that, uh, with third down conversion. So uh, I, I wanted to know, was that a specific plan? I mean, I'd like to think it was part of Spagnuolo's plan, not just the cold and the desire to get back to the to the heated benches, but uh, I, for whatever reason, I think that's a critical factor in the way we judge this defense. They've got to be able to get the teams off the field. And so third down, been their Achilles, wasn't Saturday. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, against this Broncos team, if they can 
can make a change between this outing and the the one in Denver because they were awful in Denver with it. It, it just it almost gave new life to Russell Wilson the fact that he can convert these third downs and and so I, I'll be interested to see. But I think it's a key thing to be watching for if you're a fan and you're going to watch this game. Look for that because I think if they can show that they've changed their their plan, their game plan, and maybe it's a little more bend and don't break on one and two, but, you know, dagger to the heart on three, I, I don't know. I just feel like that was a weakness that they corrected in one game. One game does, isn't enough, right? You got to do it week after week. So looking, you play a team back-to-back inside of two and a half, three weeks, it'll be interesting to see if they learn from what that first uh, game against them at mile high was. Dan Israel, executive producer of the chiefs radio network, joining us here on sports daily as you do every Tuesday, Dan, is there any concern? I always wonder about this. The chiefs get some really struggling teams to finish here. Is there any concern about playing down to that level right before you potentially have to then jump right back up and throttle it up against whatever team it is they play in the postseason? I would say that in the locker room, nobody is saying that. And certainly in the coaching level, nobody's saying that. Nobody's admitting that. It feels like, to me, how could it not be, right? You know, as a person who's watched this league for a long time, I've covered this league now for thirty, almost 35 years. And so uh, I feel like that's always an issue and something to look for. I will also tell you, though, Coach Reed has an – an amazing ability to just keep it about this week and playing the game. You know, if you watched that game on Saturday, you could not tell it was cold out there by the way they were playing. They were tackling hard. They were hitting. They were aggressively running. Uh, and I'm telling you, it was cold out there. I mean, anybody that's been in the Midwest for the past five, seven days understands a new, has a new understanding of what it means to be cold because it was, uh, it, it certainly wasn't the minus temperatures we saw a few days before, but it was cold for football and they, and the elements did not affect them. And I, I think coach Reed just has an amazing ability to kind of take those things out and, and remove those from uh, what's inside the locker room. Can they, I think the biggest change, and I think if you ask any player who's ever played in a postseason game, the tick between regular season and postseason speed is so substantial that if you're not ready for it, you can't recover from it in 60 minutes. However, I think we have enough veterans on this team that understand that. I mean, you see teams all the time rest guys in the last week or two, right? So if you can completely take a week off and come back and play, then I think even playing bad teams, you should be able to to recover the same way. So I, I guess I would say I don't – I feel like it's a, that's an, a possible area to stumble, but I also feel like Coach Reed and his staff are just so good at navigating those that I guess you just have to trust that that won't be an issue. Dan, where do you land on the kicking game right now? Harrison Butker uh, – was perfect on Saturday, made a 47-yard field goal, perfect on extra points. But we know he struggled in weeks past. Uh, do you feel more confident going into the last two weeks of the regular season, or where does that stand for you? Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've been friends with Dustin Colquitt for a long time. He came out and, of course, 
this was two weeks ago, and said that part of the issue was the laces and Tommy Townsend where he was, you know, placing the ball before Butker kicked. I, I do know that it's a very complex situation. I've talked to Bobby Bell and Lynn Dawson about this extensively and, and how they used to, you know, you're talking about uh, for the Chiefs history part here, they probably have the only trio of Hall of Fame special teamers. I don't think there will ever be, especially with the with the the way long snapping is its own individual position now. I don't think you'll ever see this again, where you have a Hall of Fame center and Bobby Bell, a Hall of Fame holder in Lynn Dawson, and a Hall of Fame kicker in Jan Stinnerud. I don't think you'll ever see that again. But I've talked to them extensively about how difficult it is, and and Bobby told me once that they were having problems. Lenny was having problems getting the ball down and twisting it fast enough. And he said, move one foot back. And he says that, and the rotation will be a little bit more on. And so it's this complex thing. We were all talking about this, and Willie Lanier looked up at me and said, this is fascinating. I never knew any of this stuff. And so it, it, you you take this very complex moment from snap to hold to kick, and we, and we put it all on the kicker. Did the kicker kick it right? There's a lot that goes into this. So the increased pressure for Townsend to hold, increased pressure for, for James Winchester on the long snap, all comes from Dustin calling out this situation. Did it make a difference? I don't know. We didn't have a miss Saturday. So you have to say whatever may have gotten corrected there. But I, again, I think we got to see more than one game of this. I don't want to put it all at the, the literal, no pun intended here, at the foot of Harrison Butker, because I, I do think it's more complex than that. When there's a miss, there's more to it than you think there is. But I, I do know if there's one special teams coach in the National Football League that's good at, at all of special teams, it's Dave Tobe. And so figuring this out, I have no doubt he'll figure it out. Whether he'll figure it out in the next week or two or has figured it out. That's what I think is remains to be seen. Uh, well, it, it's, it's something they're going to have to have. I mean, I, I think, I think they're going to have to have it. It's going to become a factor. We know that's going to happen. Uh, Dan, what do you guys have coming up on the network this week? And uh, as we get ready, you get, Oh my goodness, another noon game against the Broncos. Starting to get, starting to get used to getting back up early again, aren't I? <laughs> but you, you know, to, to, to underscore your point, your, your question is a really valid one on the special teams because as you play the Bills and as you play the Bengals, and this comes down to a point, certainly three points, every kick, field goal, extra points are going to be important. So uh, I know I probably didn't answer your question directly. Do I have confidence? I'll have more confidence if we can get through the next couple of weeks without that plaguing us. Uh, for the broadcast, we got a good one coming up. We, you know, last week we talked a little about Franco Harris. I think we're going to try to talk uh, uh, some more. There's some uh, footage, our sound that I have from Lynn Dawson talking about Franco Harris, about uh, Tombstone Jackson, who used to play for the Broncos. Lenny Dawson City, the hardest he's ever been hit was in Mile High against. Uh, the Broncos, which is interesting because the Broncos back when Lenny was playing were awful, but uh, we, we got some good sound coming at you. And of course should be a good game. You know, it's an arrowhead game. It's always fun. Uh, I'd like to see the chiefs do another convincing win against the Broncos. So we'll see what happens, but it's an AFC game. The chiefs are still fighting for the number one seed. It means something. It certainly does. And we'll have the call over on KNSS on the Chiefs Radio Network. Dan, appreciate it. We'll see if we can get through these next weeks. And, it, man, it's almost here. It's almost go time for the postseason. Indeed. Go Chiefs.
There goes Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. You can always hear Chiefs Radio right here on our family of networks. Uh, KNSS is where you'll hear that game on Sunday. We'll be back, 869-1240. couple other NFL headlines. Retirement of a no-doubt Hall of Famer sort of casually dropped within the last half hour or so. We'll go over that when Sports Daily returns. Let's do this thing. Go! Sports Daily is on KFH. Uh, welcome back, everybody. A casual retirement announcement from J.J. Watt. Uh, posted a picture of his new baby. Uh, pointing out that it's the first game for his new baby and the last home game for him. More or less saying he's done. J.J. Watt's so awesome. Um, great, you know, champion of this league. One of the real, you know, fun players to watch on the field and off the field. Uh, I, I Honestly, Tommy, I think that the thing that stands out to me the most about J.J. Watt isn't the fact that he was an absolute game wrecker of the kind we don't see very often so clearly uh the best player on the field so often you know before injuries kind of took over toward the end of his career but it's what he did when Houston was going through all the flooding and all that stuff that's honestly that's what I remember the most about J.J. Watt it's that kind of stuff and and that in particular as his legacy um you know, it's it's sort of the same thing with Drew Brees, like guys that really take the communities they play for onto their back and 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 do everything they can to prop them up in times of crisis. And and he certainly did that for Houston. Great character on and off the field retires. He'll be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. No question. Yeah, there's a reason why he won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award back in 2017, because he is just that kind of guy. Um, and of course, an incredible player, too. Um, the only thing about J.J. Watt that I feel bad about is he played on some really bad teams and, you know, didn't get an opportunity to win a ring. Um, I hate the fact that this is the way he's going out. The Cardinals are bad. And, you know, he and I th- everybody's going to look back on his career with his tenure with the Texans the last couple of years with the Cardinals. Um, kind of an afterthought, I think, for his career. Um, but I, I hate that this is the way he's going out with a really bad team. Um, I wish that there was a contender that would pick him up. Uh, and he would be willing to play another year or two because uh, I think that he could go get a ring. Uh, but, you know, he wants to go out the way he wants to go out. And, and yeah, like you mentioned, he's going to be remembered as one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Yeah, you know, it's um, it is. He didn't play, you know, those Houston teams, I mean, they came to Kansas City. They, they he, he had some playoff opportunities, um, just never was for the elite team. And it it underscores the value of a quarterback as much as anything else does, right? The These unbelievable defensive players. Think about Aaron Donald before Stafford came in there. You're watching one of the great defensive players of all time, and their team never really had a chance, right? And J.J. Watt was, in his prime, one of the great defensive players of all time. And you're like, yeah, but they, that, that just underscores the value of that quarterback and for some of these guys. And it makes me wonder how much more often we'll see what happened with Vaughn Miller this year in Buffalo. And I know he's hurt, but 
you know, Von Miller sort of has become a hired gun to, to help these teams win a Super Bowl. I, I, I sort of think there's a path to that because it feels like you got to have a great quarterback in the NFL to win a Super Bowl. And some of these really great defensive players that are playing but will have no chance because they, as, as much as they impact a game, they can't ultimately impact it to that level would would go down that path right like and just sort of p- pick their spots and land on some of these teams and and I think we may see that more often like we saw with Von Miller um and yeah JJ Watt took a chance you know Arizona was supposed to be pretty good right when yeah. he got there and and it just hasn't worked out but he sort of did that too well, we saw that over the weekend. The Carolina Panthers went out and signed Josh Norman to come back. And Norman's older. Norman's 35 years old. And it's kind of a, you know, a reunion for him uh, with Steve Wilkes and going to Carolina. Um, right. And he's, he's not as dominant as he used to be. But the whole thought was, let's bring him in for the, the stretch here at the end of the regular season to try to get into the playoffs and make a postseason run. So uh, that happens from time to time. Um, I wish that that would have been the path for J.J. Watt, but regardless, um, he's going to go down as one of the greatest defensive players of all time, a sure thing Hall of Famer, uh, and one of the really good guys in the sport. Let's go to the phone lines, 869-1240, the number. Let's get to our buddy Earl, who's uh, – Earl, hope it was a Merry Christmas. You you want to talk some Broncos today. How are you, man? I'm very well, and happy holidays to you guys. And and just real quick, I had one, uh, some of your tea at your yeah. H2O store. Hey, very, very tasty, H2O. tasty blend. Thank Sorry, you. I, Thank you, Earl. Yeah, what, what it did was you... very good. It was very tasty. J.J. Uh, Watt did have a quarterback that somebody emptied the Brinks truck for <clears throat> Cleveland and a 24 to nothing lead at Arrowhead right. to kind of try to get it's a true. lead in. That didn't work out. Uh, I had been listening earlier, and you made a comment, you know, who would have guessed it would have gone that bad? Well, somebody got in a pretty good debate with you telling you that Russell Wilson was washed up at the beginning Not of the Not in the offseason, though. Not in the offseason, which was my point. That, well, I said it. You said it after, like, season, week you, two, I think. You said no, it after week two. No, you you no. called your shot. Uh, okay. Well, I I did call it after everyone was saying that the Chiefs were in trouble because of all that. So that was the genesis yeah. of it. But, yes, I, you know, I watched Russell over and over again and uh, last year. And, uh, you know, he, he was showing signs, chinks, bad yeah. play last year. Oh, and, sure. it, and it's carried on. So I hope you gentlemen have a great new year. And your Cowboys beat the Eagles, <clears throat> backup quarterback, but I, I think uh, I think you're going to be feeling better about it then. Happy New uh, Yeah, it was a win. Thanks, Thanks Earl. Earl. It was a win for the Cowboys, by the way. That I mean, what were they supposed to do? There was nothing. You, there was not any scenario that you came out of that game where like, oh yeah, I feel great about that. They beat a backup quarterback. Minshew looked okay. It was like the Eagles beat them when they had Cooper Rush. There wasn't anything. Now, if the Cowboys lost that game, you were going to feel much worse. But there wasn't really a way for them to win and make you think, oh, yeah, that's it. You know, they scored a bunch of points again. I guess that's something. I can't figure out what's going on with their defense. It's it's odd. The Russell Wilson thing is interesting because, yeah, he had slowed a little bit last year, but it was like, is this this injury, right? The injury he was trying to overcome. Well, clearly it was more than that. But I do think, and again, Denver's in a, Denver's in a tough spot here because, well, the new ownership's in a tough spot. 
getting rid of Nathaniel Hackett was the easy part of the call, right? That call was very obvious to everybody that it needed to happen. There is like nothing going well. You've lost the locker room. The players are in fighting, like all those things. So I don't know what they can do. You know, there is some credence and another scenario that we didn't mention before, and this would fall in line with like the Dan Quinn thing. High character guy only makes sense if they can come in, get at least the locker room settled down, but then you still also have to try to navigate what Russell Wilson is right now. It's pretty hard to look at that because what he is right now is trying to play in an offense that he's never played in before. But what I, and and I would say the chances of this are low based on what we've seen. I think the only option if he's going to be the guy is to go back to old Russell Wilson. Like you got to think like way early on when you had when you ran the ball 30 35 times a game and just let him take shot plays and run around and try and create big plays. I mean, that's the only thing I think you can do with him offensively at this point is that. And so I don't know what they're going to do. I, I I mean, honestly, I think they can cut bait if they want to. Look, if they want to make that call and just say we're done with this experiment, they could. They could take the hit and just be done and suck it up and and try to to do what they're going to do. I don't think it's time for that yet. I think they do need to give somebody else a chance to try to fix Russ. And then, and then you cut it at that point. We probably got another year. And I got to tell you, you know, and Earl just mentioned the the Browns bringing over Deshaun Watson. I think I'm far more worried right now if I'm a Browns fan than a Broncos fan because Deshaun Watson has looked terrible. He's seven years younger, right? He didn't have any of the physical ailments that Russell Wilson's had over the year. He has looked bad, and this is what we talked about. You're going to pay that kind of money and give up because Cleveland gave up far more in their trade for Deshaun Watson than Denver did for Russell Wilson. And they paid far more in guaranteed money and they're stuck with it. And I think I'm, I I think there's more reason to be concerned for Cleveland, honestly, than there is for Denver right now. I don't think so. I think that Deshaun Watson, because he is younger, um, he's got the physical attributes to be able to work terrible. I get it, but the sample size is small. He's been off the football field for two years, and he's played in, what, two or three games. Like, there, there's a four. little bit of time, I think, where you can – okay, there's some time where you can kind of try to get that back, and I think that the, the chances of him getting it back are higher than Russell Wilson getting it back. You know, Russell Wilson is 34 years old, and the Broncos are saddled to him for multiple years getting into his late 30s. Uh, and so I, I don't think that the Broncos um, – I mean, look, if they cut him, if they cut Russell Wilson, which I don't think they're going to right away, um, if they if they cut him, then, yeah, they've got all that dead cap they've got to worry about. If I'm Denver, I'm looking at the possibility they don't have any draft capital, so you can't bring in a rookie, right, to make any sort of impact. But maybe there's somebody on the free agent market that you can take a flyer on that's a small contract. You're not, you know, signing somebody for a long time. And maybe Russ is the backup. I mean, that's a really, really expensive backup option. Totally. Uh, but I'm just trying to think of, you know, what the other options are potentially on the table for Denver. Really, it's it's kind of, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't at this point. Um, I just don't exactly know what a new coach is going to be able to do because I don't think Russell Wilson has the physical attributes to get it back like Deshaun Watson might be able to. Look, 
I, I didn't realize this, and, and I broached this topic on Christmas night when I had the, the national window here, when, when we take a broader look at things than we do here locally. But I'm going to – here's why I would be more worried if I'm a, if I'm a Browns fan. We were worried about Russell Wilson right, right out of the gates this year, right? I mean, it, yeah. it didn't take long. So in his first four games, Russell Wilson um, had four, four touchdowns to one interception. He was completing about 60% of his passes, which is too low, but it, you know, it is what it is, and at about 250 yards. So it, it, it was, that, that was bad. That was when we were concerned. Deshaun Watson's first four games, two touchdowns to three interceptions. He's got a completion percentage of 57%, a quarterback rating under 70, and through four games has about 100 and, I don't know, 175 yards a game. So if we were concerned about Russell Wilson at the beginning of this season, Deshaun Watson has been far, far worse than Wilson Look, was out of the gates. You don't have to try to convince me that Deshaun Watson has played poorly. He has. I'm not arguing that. What I'm saying is that because of the 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 age of Deshaun Watson, because of his gifted physical attributes, I think he's got more of a chance to bounce back than Russell Wilson does. So at this point, I'd rather be saddled with Deshaun Watson's contract in Cleveland than Russell Wilson's contract in Denver. Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed the whole way through. It's a worse contract. And they gave up way more in the trade to get him than Denver did. Do you think it's more likely that Russell Wilson is going to be able to be a solid NFL quarterback again, more likely than Deshaun Watson will be? I don't think it's very likely that either one of them are. So when when I, you know, if if neither one of them are going to be what they were before they got to their new spots, which I think is the most likely scenario, Deshaun Watson's contract and status that Cleveland's in after the trade to get him is far worse than Denver's is. That's why I would be more concerned as a Browns fan because Russell Wilson's a problem contractually for what two more years. Deshaun Watson's a problem contractually all all the years, like five six years. I don't care what his age is because I don't think he's going to be what he was in in Houston. I, I just don't like you know. And, and it is too small of a sample size through four games for a guy who hasn't played in two years. But man, it's been. Bad, bad, like really bad. And Russell Wilson's was bad through his first four games, but it hadn't even been this bad yet. I don't know that he's ever had a stretch that's been as bad as this four games for Deshaun Watson. One one thing that I would concede and that I I felt like the Browns should have done was rather than trying to bring back Deshaun Watson with a handful of games to go in the season— just ride with Jacoby Brissett and get Deshaun Watson ready yep. for next year. Uh, I never really understood well, why they wanted to do that. Uh, and, and by the time that Watson came back, the Browns were basically out of it anyway. So I, I, I never understood that logic. Um, I, I think they would have been far better because Jacoby Brissett, yeah, he's not going to be a, a, a world beater at quarterback, but at least he's going to be competent. I, I just... I don't remember now if he could practice, but he's had a lot of time this year to get up to speed with Cleveland. He was suspended for eight games. So, you know, the playbook, like, I don't know what else he needed to do, but I think here's what I do think. Regardless of which situation's worse because they're both bad, if Russell Wilson wasn't happening, how badly it's gone for Deshaun Watson would be 
one of the top headlines, if not the top sure. headline in football. Sure. Russell Wilson's situation and Denver's situation has saved Cleveland from that, but it's coming. And 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 I don't know. It's Deshaun Watson who who looked pretty good, you know, right before he stopped playing, basically, and at times has looked fantastic. But ah, man, it's been bad in Cleveland. I've tried to watch them, and I'm just like, I mean, he looks awful. I mean, both contracts are bad. I'll give you that. Um, and, and the haul that both teams gave up to get these two guys are bad. Uh, it's one and two. It's neck and neck. I just think that Deshaun Watson gives you a better opportunity to potentially have something down the road. Russell Wilson is done. Russell Wilson, is he's not coming back. It's not happening. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure either of them are. I, mean, I guess that's my point. I don't think either of them are coming back, so I think that that the situation Cleveland presented itself is is worse long time. Maybe he'll come back. I don't know. But what I do know, both of those fan bases have to just be sick to their stomachs right now with all the optimism for both of those guys coming into the year. Uh, What is that meme? Where we started, where we are? Like, ugh. Those fan bases, man, it's got to be just awful. 869-1240. We'll come back. We'll continue the conversation on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Selling a little or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other. Other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily. Man, the uh, the mess of the airline industry continues, Tommy. What is your airline of choice? Um, I'm a Southwest guy when I can yeah. be. Um, See, I, me I too. Like the, I like the opportunity to sit wherever I want, depending on when I check in. I just think that's no easier. No back fees. Exactly. So uh, we went to, over the summer, we flew out to Destin for vacation uh, for a week, and we flew Allegiant out there. Uh, and I had never flown Allegiant before. It was different. It was a different kind of experience. Um, I wasn't used to really not having anything, uh, but that was just kind of the way that it worked. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a Southwest guy when I can be. I think it was Allegiant that I flew that – the plane was so old they had all the ashtrays for the smokers like duct taped yeah. up um yeah. and like handwritten no smoking signs because the plane was so old um i i've always been a southwest guy in amarillo that was like really the only airline that kind of flew in and out so it was by the but their flight attendants tend to be in a more festive mood um i've always had great customer service we've got the card with all the points it's simple it's easy to use you know the the tickets are similarly priced and they're certainly cheaper when you factor in bag fees but man they're getting just destroyed right now after this fiasco and it's it's making me laugh how many people are like oh you know finally american and i'm like every time i fly american i have a problem like what really like that's the standard we're trying to live up to some of the other ones are there but my goodness like it is a mess of a mess of a mess right now so I, and they better figure it out yeah i know that you are um gonna be spending time with family later this week mm -hmm. i i take it you're driving you're not flying. oh yeah. yeah 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 i drive anywhere i can now with three kids because the inevitable as we still seem to be coming out of the backlog of the, you know, of the pandemic era is not fun when you have kids also with you at airports and you have these situations. It's one thing when you're in a travel nightmare, you have delays and you can just go sit at the bar and be like, well, that sucks. I'm going to go meet a stranger, right? And have some beer. When you got kids, man, it sucks when you get in these situations, especially young kids, because now You've got to entertain, for us, three kids who are going to not be happy. Like, nobody's happy, right? I We drive wherever we can, whenever we can. And I don't know when this situation with the airlines is going to sort itself out. But I think now we're seeing the government's going to get involved. Like, we, we 
bailed them out and gave them a lot of money, like they they better get this figured out. Like you don't get to get bailed out and then also really suck at your job. So and and look, the, go read Southwest statements. Like they didn't they didn't dance around the issue. They're like, wow, we really screwed this up, yeah. and uh, and we're gonna make it up to everybody. This you know. So they they better get it right because we we gave you like we gave yeah. you guys a lot of money to to be able to withstand that. Now it's time to you know, maybe return the favor a little bit and not strand half the country trying to fly around anywhere. Yeah, I feel like the airline industry hangs on by a thread all the time, you know, and it takes one thing to go wrong yeah, and everything like falls apart. You know, and, and because I think a lot of it comes down to the fact they're operating on, you know, such razor-thin margins all the time. And so you yeah. have anything happen that's going to throw something off kilter and uh, it becomes a disaster, and that's what we've seen now. It's got to be one of the things that we fix, though. Like, you can't have that. Like, we, they're, they're, you know, you, you can't have bad airlines in, you know, the, the greatest country in the world. Like, that has to be a thing that we nail, right? It has to be easy to move around in this country. Too much of what we do economically depends on, on that. So get that right, and let's, let's, uh, let's not deal with this anymore. One big weather event can't send everything into – a spiraling chaos that it is. And I don't know what that is. Like, what could airlines do that make this easier for us? Like, hey, everybody, at, you, you know, we're a week out. It really looks like this weather's going to disrupt everything. So we're going to give you the opportunity now to make a change, and we're going to make it easy on you. Everybody can change flights for free, like whatever, which you can always do on Southwest, who's going through this. But we do that as travelers, too. Like, you're going to try and cram it in there, right? Like, yeah, I can see that this weather's coming. There's no chance that this isn't a disaster, but I'm going to, I'm going to, let's, let's roll the dice here and see if we can make it through. Well, part of it too is the fact that this weather event happened almost a week ago. Like, we're, we're almost a week past it, right? And this is still going on. And I know that one of the big complaints from, thousands of people nationally is that you know they don't know until the last minute that their flight yeah. is canceled or they get on the plane and then they have to get off the plane and then they don't have a crew and there's it's just ridiculous like what's the problem with letting people know i don't know what's a reasonable amount of time eight hours before your plane i mean takes off our and it's storm be team our storm team 12 meteorologists were telling us about this national weather event 10 yeah. days before it happened. Right. You got 10 days to prepare for this airlines. There's no reason to be caught off guard at this time. No. Uh, 869-1240. Godspeed to everybody who's trying to travel by air over the next. This is going to last. I'll bet you this lasts at least a week before they get through the bottleneck of this. So hopefully you're able to get to bowl games if that's where you're headed and, and you can navigate it. But man, what a mess. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Sports Daily on this Tuesday edition when we return. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.